0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: Hi, this is Joe Castellano from the SportsVirus.com. Welcome to the Inside China Basin San Francisco Giants baseball podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, featuring our regular guest, two-time World Series champion, former Giants reliever, George Contos.
0: Gabe Kapler is not Bruce Bochy, so he's going to run things his way, and I'm sure with Farhan, they've had their discussions on what the best course of action is for the ball club.
1: Inside China Basin is brought to you by Kane's Tire in San Rafael, the lowest prices in Marin County for over 60 years. Well, George, good morning and fasten your seatbelts. The National League Division Series about to get underway tonight, and the intense rivalry continues. The Giants and the Dodgers, the two teams that had the best records in Major League Baseball this year. I mean, you can't ask for more than this. You must be pretty pumped. I know everybody in the Bay Area is pretty excited about this.
0: I'm very excited. You know, it brings, even though I'm not playing anymore, it brings back a ton of that, those memories and that excitement and, and all those feelings of, of October baseball. Um, and, you know, reflecting on what Evan Longoria said, I'm sure uh, you heard and read those comments about the postseason being restructured a little bit. Um, I totally agree with what he said. I mean, you have a 107-win team against a 106-win team playing in the NLDS, and it definitely will not feel like an NLDS. I think it'll definitely have CS or World Series-type energy around this series.
1: Absolutely. I mean, there's the rivalry to begin with, the intensity of that, and you've played in plenty of those games against the Dodgers, I guess you you ratchet it up a little bit more because it's the postseason. Can you imagine the intensity? Uh, and I would imagine that as a player, you have to calm yourself down a little bit.
0: I think that you know the, the the energy surrounding this in the postseason. I mean, this is the first time these teams have ever played each other in the postseason. I mean, this is going to be incredible. Um, you know, when it's when it's postseason baseball, this rivalry, everything's amplified. But as soon as these guys run out on the field. All of those emotions and all that, the the butterflies, the the good nervousness or anxiousness, whatever you want to call it, as soon as you run out on the field, all that goes away because it's time to play baseball. And these guys have all played a lot of baseball in their careers this season. And all it is is another game with just a lot more on the line. But I think these guys are uh, very battle-tested to handle that type of energy.
1: You look at the pitching matchup for Game 1, Walker Buehler against Logan Webb. These guys have been really special all year. And Logan Webb, I mean, he has been on fire for a long time. He hasn't lost a game since May the 5th. And do you think the Giants have a little more confidence against Buehler, who had dominated them before, but the last time he faced them, he gave up six earned runs in three innings? You definitely
0: have to build off that. I mean, the last time that he faced then they, they did a good job of hitting good pitches and laying off pitches that weren't as good as they should have been. But Walker Buehler's got Cy Young stuff. The guy before his career's over is going to win a Cy Young, if not multiple, in my opinion. Um, but Logan Webb, you know, to his credit, he pitched the biggest game of his life last Sunday, and he dominated. I throw all the runs in the eighth inning right out the window because those first seven were fantastic.
1: Why do you think Webb has been so much better? I mean, it looks like he's just throwing strike one as one of the keys. Uh, but you know, hitters have really been baffled by his slider too. I think.
0: I think he he gave a little bit of an interview the other day where he credited a lot a lot of the uh, the people that the Giants have hired to work with guys now with whether it be Bannister for the pitching stuff, some of the other analytics guys that the Giants have around uh, the major league team, but. For for me, it all stems down to confidence. And the confidence stems from being able to repeat your delivery over and over again. And when you can locate a pitch seven or eight out of ten times in the the spot that you're trying to hit, you eventually become, you expect to throw it all the time. And when you continue to execute, that confidence builds. And from what I've seen, he's just been executing and pitching with a ton of confidence. And when he, like you mentioned, throws strike one, it completely opens up the entire at-bat in his favor because... His two-pitch repertoire, which in my opinion are his two best pitches, is that sinker and that changeup. When he has those two going, that slider, which has made tremendous strides this year, becomes even that much more devastating, and now he's a fully complete pitcher. Like you said, he he hasn't lost a start since May 5th. He, I think, had the lowest ERA in that time span in the major leagues. The the guy has really come out and separated himself from a guy who is like, how is his development going to go? to a guy that we could see potentially being the future ace of this ball club.
1: The entire series, I think the the pressure is really going to be on these managers to try to figure out when do I pull my starter? I mean, that, that's going to be a really tough decision, I think for Gabe Kapler and Dave Roberts, and you've got great bullpen. So you know that if you do go to the bullpen, you've got a good shot of getting out of whatever situation you're in. These are the top two relief ERAs in major league baseball, With the Giants first and the Dodgers second, so how do you view that, George? As far as the managers and the decisions they have to make there.
0: You know, Joe, the game has changed so much in the short span of time since I, you know, retired and made my exit. I mean, in 2015, 16, you know, 12 and 14, for example, you wouldn't think of pulling your starter out unless something really went south for him. But you know, a couple runs or a deep inning pitch count wouldn't really have phased managers, and granted, I'm a little biased having played under Boach, who really trusted the starters we had, and they were fantastic, um, but the game has changed a little bit. We saw it just the other day with Garrett Cole. The guy's making $32 million. He wasn't as crisp. He made a couple mistakes, but he wasn't walking guys. He was. He gave up a few hits, a couple homers, but um, the game is a little bit different now. You're relying a lot more on those bullpens because stuff has become so prevalent that you, guys have, you, you have guys coming in who can throw 97-98 and get out of jams in that third or fourth inning, and then the guy running in behind him can do the same thing. So I think just the, the, the mentality around how to manage a pitching staff has changed a little bit. But I would expect there to be, at least on the Giant side, if there's a little bit of traffic, if there's something going on, I would imagine the bullpen would be getting up pretty quickly.
1: All right, so there's a lot of confidence on both sides as far as the bullpen is concerned. What about these two teams playing without their normal starting first baseman? Brandon Belt is out for the Giants. Max Muncy, who is a Giants killer, he's out for the Dodgers. How do you think that affects things? You know, last week I was talking to Ray Woodson about how with Belt, it's not just the home run power and the fact that he was so hot. His defense is missed uh, at first base, I think, a little bit. I mean, you could fill the blanks uh, or fill in for him, and they've done a good job but uh, he is so superb defensively.
0: He is. I mean, you can't replace a Brandon Bell. You can't replace the defense that he brings. And like you just mentioned, some of the platoons and splits in his absence have been good. They, you know, The Giants have been able to make up for some of his production, but it's still Brandon Bell. You know What he brings to the middle of the lineup, how much deeper he makes the lineup when he's right there in the middle of it. And we've seen how he can single-handedly carry an offense for weeks at a time. Before this, this bunt, freak, broken uh, thumb injury, he was on one of those tears where he was, you know, hitting the cover off the ball. Um, so I, I, I feel bad for Brandon Bell that this has to happen. Uh, you also feel bad for, for Max Muncie, who's a, a great player. A guy who works hard. Um, I like the way that he plays the game, and I think that both of those guys in this series would have just made it that much more exciting. But you know what? It still is the postseason, and it still is Giants and Dodgers, which, in my opinion, has started to emerge as the best rivalry in baseball.
1: We'll have more with former Giants reliever George Contos right after this. When it's time for new tires, you want the lowest prices and the best service, don't you? Well, Cane's Tire in San Rafael has you covered on both. Cane's has the lowest prices in Marin County, and they provide the warm and welcoming service that you can only receive from a family-run business. Voted Best of Marin for 35 years in a row, Cane's prices beat Costco's prices every time. Kane's Tire, 1531 4th Street in San Rafael. Give them a call at 415 415- 4532942 that's 4154532942 for Kane's tire Now you got a couple of giants hitters that have been slumping lately and I don't know what gets them out of it but Evan Longoria has been in a funk for a while now and even Chris Bryant he's been slumping do you think the time off maybe helps them a little bit and how does that uh, affect things as far as the hitters that weren't cold the guys who were hot and you know they had some extra days off here uh, because the last game for the Giants was Sunday.
0: Well, I think now that we've turned the page on September in the regular season and now it's October in the postseason, that's just another element of emotion and of focus. And I think that Chris Bryant and Evan Longoria, two guys that have both been in the postseason, have had long careers so far, successful careers. They know what's at stake here. And I would imagine they're going to come out uh, with a lot more, not that they weren't ready, but a lot more just you know, uh, adrenaline and focus, just because of what's at stake. Great players amplify and are able to lift their games in the biggest moments, and they are very. And both of them are two very, very good elite players. And my expectation is they're going to rise to the occasion because that's what all stars and MVPs do.
1: Well, that's exactly the description of Brandon Crawford and Buster Posey. I mean, they always seem to rise to the occasion. Of course, you know, big part of winning the championships in the past, and Posey is slated to play all the games. I mean, at least according to Gabe Kapler, he was saying that, you know, he'd like to play Posey every game if he could. Uh, How do you look at that, and what does make those guys special? Why do they come through in the clutch in these big moments? Well,
0: first of all, the little kid gloves that, and I use that in a joking air quotes uh, term about Buster getting him the rest. I think all that was very, very good for him throughout the regular season. But now it's the postseason and every game matters that much more because you only have so many lifelines. You lose three in the DS and you go home. Doesn't matter. You know, if you lost three, you maybe lost a couple games from the five game lead we had. Now every game actually matters significantly and, you know, the, uh, the little kid gloves are off and Buster's going to catch every single game as long as there's nothing barking because you need to put your best lineup, um, out there every single game to start. If there's a crazy lopsided game where the Dodgers or Giants are, you know, up or down by seven, eight runs in the sixth or seventh inning, I could see them giving Buster a breather and Casally comes in uh to finish the game off when the lead is substantial enough, uh, where Gabe and, and the staff feels like it's insurmountable uh by the other team. But um right now this is this is go time. It's time for you to uh put your best effort forth, your best lineup on the field. And first of all, Buster and Brandon have been in these situations now buster this is his fifth postseason craw this is going to be his fourth postseason these guys are battle tested you know between those two there are five rings they've been there they've they've made unbelievable plays and played unbelievably well under the brightest lights and with the highest stakes so they know exactly what to expect and they know how to stay within the moment something that is very difficult to do when when things are crazy when all those flags are being waved and people are going nuts and you can just slow the heart rate down and execute pitch by pitch or at-bat by at-bat, that's when you get the most out of your stuff, and those guys have been proven uh, to be able to do that.
1: And with Posey, it's not just for him. It's for his teammates and you know, especially the pitchers. I mean, tell us a little bit about that calming influence. We see it throughout – the regular season. But now in the postseason, you've got some younger pitchers that have never been in this position before. What does Posey do to help them? How important is it when your heart is racing 100 miles an hour to have a guy like Posey calm you down?
0: Oh, I mean, it's, it's huge. Um, when when you look at Buster, you know, you wouldn't be able to tell very – not very often because there's a couple times when he comes up with a big hit like he did in game 162 where he gave that fist bump and the yell – But he's a very stoic guy. You know, he, he keeps his emotions under, under wraps and in check. And you wouldn't, you wouldn't know if he were up or down, you know, by five, six runs or what the situation was. And I think that brings a calming effect to everyone, everyone around him, uh, because Buster, I think is the, is the leader of that team. And you have a lot of guys who are, uh, you could put in that category as leaders of the team, you know, Longoria, Crawford, Gaussman. Um, there are so many guys who, um, have a calming influence, but I think when you look at the total roster, when you look at one guy to see how he's going to be reacting to something, you're looking at Buster Posey. And I think when he has that stoic, kind of nonchalant, show-no-emotion attitude, that rubs off on the rest of the guys. Whether you're up by 10, down by 10, you always keep uh, the focus of the task at hand, which is to continue executing pitch-by-pitch or taking each at-bat you know, pitch-by-pitch and trying to make the most of each at-bat.
1: I mentioned Kapler and you know the critical decision: when do you take out the starter. Another one in this series is going to be who he uses as the closer. And, you know, for a while, that's a no-brainer. It's Jake McGee, and now he's coming off the injured list, and he's available, but I don't think it's a no-brainer, George, because of the way Camilo Doval pitched at the end of the season. You know, I personally would go with him as the closer. I think he was great. I mean, I think he has just dominating stuff right now, but a lot of people point to that he doesn't have the experience. You know, he might not be able to handle it. How do you sit on this?
0: Yeah, I have to give Camilo Doval credit because what he's done throughout the course of this season since being called up has been uh, such a tremendous maturation process for him. Um, but the you know the truth of the matter is he's thrown 30 big league innings. He's never experienced the pressure of the postseason, and not that he can't handle it because he really did show me a ton um, of, of growth and you know emotional stability throwing in some of those high leverage ninth innings down the stretch, but. The guys who have got you there, those are the guys that I think you, you continue to go with. If it were me, I would use Camilo Doval in a similar role to the way the Indians used Andrew Miller a few years back. He's your guy in the seventh or eighth or ninth, whichever inning it may be, whenever the heart of that lineup's coming up, you throw your best bullets at him. That's how I would do it. And then you would, and then you would, uh, take whoever was coming in, whether it was Rodgers or McGee or whatever, around that. If you see the eighth inning as you know uh, Bellinger, Turner, and you know Seager, if those are the three guys coming up in the eighth inning, fire Duvall in there because he has the best stuff and he can neutralize both sides of the plate. But for me, going into the this series, Chick McGee is still my ninth inning guy most of the time.
1: Yeah, I mean he's done a really great job, and the fact that he hasn't pitched in a while, how do you think that affects him? I mean, I would imagine that you know he's done a really good job of getting ready. You know, now that he's healthy enough to do it, uh, but is that difficult as a reliever that you haven't been in a game in a little while?
0: Um, You know, to be honest, I know that he threw a a simulated game yesterday. I saw some video of him throwing. I think he came out of it just fine, which tells me he's healthy um, and ready to go. He's gotten a bunch more rest time than they expected with how the last couple games of the season went uh, not getting him in. So my expectation is that that oblique is plenty fine. He's good to go. He's a veteran guy. He's got 10 years in the big leagues. He knows how to get himself ready to go. Uh, so I, I would imagine that um, just the time off, you, you know how to manage those emotions, being a guy who's pitched the way he has in his career. Uh, so I would imagine as soon as his name is called in whatever game it is going to be in this series, he'll be ready to go, no problem.
1: When you look at the Dodgers lineup, who are the guys that really scare you? I mean, it's pretty deep. I mean, it's, it's kind of hard to work around anybody in that lineup, but as a guy who towed the rubber, George, and you look at it, I mean, who are the guys that you really don't want to face or, or you're being super, super careful with?
0: Well, I think if you're looking at that lineup and there are guys that you don't want to face as a pitcher, you need to do a really good internal evaluation because <laughs> right. that, when you lose – when you lose that edge and you're scared of guys, you've already lost the at-bat. Um, but to give them credit, that's a very dangerous lineup. You know, I mean, when you have Trey Turner coming up and hitting grand slams, who is a leadoff guy for the majority of his career, and now he's hitting in the three slot for the Dodgers, you know, there's there's a lot uh, a lot of danger there. So my what you really have to do in my scouting report would just be stay out of the middle of the plate. Make sure you do a very good job of executing pitches to the best of your ability, and falling behind these Dodger hitters is the biggest no-no. When you when you make that strike zone for them even smaller, anybody in that lineup can take you deep at any given time. So uh, my, my, my expectation is, is they're going to focus on hitting the corners and, and just pitching good, solid baseball games by getting ahead of hitters and throwing their two-strike pitches where they need to throw them.
1: Yeah, you look at a guy like Chris Taylor who won the wild card game with a home run. He was hitting 121 his last 22 games, but he comes up and hits that home run. That just tells you about the depth they have because he's you know he's not going to be in the starting lineup for game one. It looks like, and uh, there was your hero from the wild card game.
0: Well, that, just, that goes to show you the depth they have. I mean, they have they have Beatty on the ba- on the bench. They have Chris Taylor on the bench. They have guys who you know, can pinch hit and hit home runs just like the Giants do. They have an unbelievably deep lineup. They can clip you. They can hit doubles. They can run. They are fundamentally, in my opinion, on paper, the best team in the, in the major leagues. Now, what you can't consider and measure on paper is the team chemistry and how guys get along and, and the intestinal fortitude that really makes the Giants, in my opinion, the best team in baseball. But on paper, you look at that lineup, and it is very, very deep, and it is very, very dangerous.
1: Here's something else that could affect these games, the fact that you don't have the runner at second base in extra innings, which I I am so happy about that. It's real baseball. But uh, knowing that as a manager and Gabe Kapler, and he likes to have a lot of those hockey line changes where he does pinch hitting, you know, you could have a game that's going to go a lot longer, and you're using up players. Do you think that affects him a little bit?
0: I don't think so. I I think that baseball's been around for so long. In the last year or two, we've we've played this Little League baseball with a guy on second base. (laughs) I don't think it changes anything. I mean, all it does is make the the start of that next inning uh, like a normal inning, and you get to attack guys the way that you normally would. So I think it'll be that much more intense as opposed to seeing that guy on second base and then You can, you know, bunt them over, get a run. I mean, you can win a baseball game without having a ball leave the infield, which I think is a little bit ridiculous. But um, I'm looking forward to uh, normal baseball again. And if we hit extras, I don't think we're going to have 17-inning games like, you know, these guys thought that we were going to have when they implemented this rule. So I'm excited to see um, how it plays out again with that inning just being like a normal inning.
1: All right, the, the last thing here, George, uh, when you were playing and you know, you're know you in the bullpen and, and you're experiencing close games in the postseason, how did you guys deal with that? I mean, it's got to be nerve-wracking. I mean, what do you do to, to try to calm yourself uh, when you're not in the game? I would think sometimes when you're in the game, it might be even a little easier than watching it on the sideline.
0: Oh, my God. It's, it's significantly easier when you're in the game because you have a job to do and you're focused. You know, when I was watching games as a as a spectator in the bullpen, I was like a fan. You know, I would something would happen and you know, I'd get the butterflies and the nervous good energy one way or another. And, you know, I think that's just how everybody goes with it. You live and die in the postseason on every single pitch. And that's what makes it so exciting and so unbelievable. Um, is because of that. Everyone's involved in every pitch there's just so much riding on it. Uh so definitely when you're in the postseason, I remember my first My first uh, innings pitched in the postseason was against the Cincinnati Reds, Game One, uh, in 2012. And when Rags or Gary, when Gardy came down and said, "Georgie, let's go," my heart was pounding through my chest as I ran out to warm up on the left field uh, bullpen mounds. But as soon as I got in the game, it was like, "Okay, I've been here a million times before. I know how to execute pitches." All that. The only. The only time it gets difficult is when you build the situation up in your head too much and you let it get the best of you. When you can stay in the moment and realize that you're just pitching in another baseball game, you have to execute like you always have, that's when guys really come out and shine and do well because they don't let the situation get the best of them.
1: Yeah, I mean, you just made me think of something, George, when it's the regular season, you're always thinking that, you know what, it's a long season, even if I don't have a great outing here, you know, I can, I can turn that around, or if you have a, a great outing or a great game, uh, you don't want to get too high with that, there's, there's a lot more games to go, you're always thinking in that way, but what you said about postseason and every pitch matters, uh, you know, it just changes the whole psychology of it, I would think that mentally, that, that's quite a challenge.
0: Oh, my gosh. When, when, when we were done with our 2012, 14, and even 16 postseason, which unfortunately ended uh, sooner than we would have liked, I mean, you are mentally drained on top of being physically drained from a, a six-month, 162-game season. But you live and die mentally with every single pitch. Every time something happens, you are invested in it because you know that a win makes you that much closer to either advancing or winning a World Series or a loss brings you that much closer to elimination and going home. So I mean, the stakes are just so much higher, but that's what makes it fun. That's what makes October baseball, in my opinion, the postseason in baseball is is the best uh, over any other sport. and and i'm I'm a huge sports fan in general, um, and I'm probably a little biased because I played it. But I mean, there's so many games, you get to watch all these other games, and I get inve- you know I was watching, you know Houston, and uh, the White Sox yesterday watching that game. And you're still invested in every pitch as a fan of the game. Uh, so it's a very, very fun time, and, and I hope that they can come out and make it a little less stressful for us fans now uh, than we have for fans in the past.
1: Yeah, I hope so. It's going to be a blast to watch it. George, thanks a lot for coming on here, and look forward to talking to you here throughout the postseason.
0: Awesome. Thank you, Joe.
1: That's former Giants relief pitcher George Contos. Join us again next week for another edition of Inside China Basin. For now, I'm Joe Castellano. Thanks for listening on the Believe Podcast Network.